Hey everyone, Cole here. Um, I just wanted to intro our conversation today with Mike Pedito. Um, so Trent and I were lucky enough to interview him last week. Um, so he is currently actually a freelance uh, account director. Uh, he used to be a brand director at 72 and Sunny and also at TBWA Shiat Day in Los Angeles. Um, so I actually had the pleasure of meeting him two years ago when I actually toured 72 and Sunny with a school group. Um, Mike uh, spoke with uh, myself and a bunch of other students about his journey, and he, he is just you know such a good speaker, a fun uh, guy to uh, talk to. Um, he left us kind of with uh, two things, really. He said there are two things you need to remember in advertising, and the first thing is work harder than anyone else, and the second one is reach out for the things that you want. And so uh, two years later, uh, I wanted to come back to Mike and take him up on that second offer. So without further ado, here's our interview with Mike. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Um, we're back again. Um, Salad is here with another exciting interview. Um, today, we're really looking forward to talking to Mike. Um, so he actually um, was a for, is a former brand director at 72 and Sunny. Um, he's worked on a number of large projects there, uh, as well as at uh, Shiat Day as well. Um, so we're really excited to pick his brain on some of the projects that he's uh, been into and um, kind of what his experience has been so far. So uh, great to talk to you, Mike, and thanks for being here. Yeah, not a problem. Good to be here. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So to kind of kick things off, um, you know, we want to hear a little bit about what kind of made you fall in love with advertising. So if you don't mind, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what your path was to where you are now? Yeah, uh, I'd be happy to, to talk about myself. That's an easy thing for me to talk about. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, like kind of when I when I started to, to, to think of could advertising be a career uh, for me? Um, I just, I'm a very visual person. So I have, uh, there was a pivotal moment. I remember being in uh, my parents' bedroom and talking to my mother. I think I was either a junior or senior in, in, in high school. And I, I was in one of those moments where I was, I don't want to say I was freaking out, but I was definitely in that stage of, oh, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what do I want to commit? Right. What do I want to commit mm -hmm. to? And, uh, cause it was, you know, where do you want to go to school? What do you want to major in? And yeah. so uh, around that time, I think it was uh, like 1997, um, there was an ad out called think, uh, think different. Um, here's to the crazy ones, nice. uh, by, by shy day for, for the Apple brand, the little brand called Apple. If any of you are familiar with that, um, and, uh, and it, <laughs> might've heard of it. And, and it's, it's funny me saying that now saying, uh, a, a ad by an ad firm in Los Angeles called shy day, knowing now how the story ends or, or where the story goes. Yeah. But, uh, back then, um, I just remember that ad as kind of something that, and I grown up liking ads. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sports guy. I was a runner, um, from the time I was in fifth grade throughout my uh, uh, first year in grad school and beyond. So I always loved sports ads. I remember, you know, Wyden Kennedy's uh, Charles Barkley ad, I'm not a role model. Um, and mm -hmm. every, uh, every Nike ad that ever existed, right. For Air Jordan, little penny, all that stuff. So I always liked 
the uh, the idea of advertising. But I think Think Different was the first time where I was like, wow, that that like connected with me. That made an impact um, uh, because because right. the ad, you know, I could I could sense that it was selling something. But I could also sense that it was mm-hmm. it was um, it was speaking to someone. It was trying to be, you know, for lack of better words, different. It was trying to um, identify a specific uh, person and inspire them to, um, uh, you know, to achieve certain certain things. And that was that was it, it spoke to me, and I felt like it, you know, got who I was. But then, you know, it was like, well, I, mm-hmm. you know, I could also do that. Like that's actually a cool thing if I could make stuff like that. That would be pretty, pretty cool because I think it's it was like the perfect blend of commerce and art and creativity and business. So I was super inspired by that. Um, and yeah. you know, when, mm-hmm. I, when I was talking to my mom, when I, when I remember that moment was she was like, because um, because I had visited um, uh, some Northeast colleges and I really was just like depressed by all the cold weather. And uh, she was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. "Well, you always liked Florida, right? And they have a great advertising school." And I was like that's a good point. And, uh, she said, you should apply there. And, um, it was like, you know, for anyone that's listening that, um, thinks that life's big decision, life's big decisions are made with a lot of deliberation and thought. A lot of times it really is just kind of on impulse and trusting your gut. And so I remember like my mom just saying, Hey, you liked Florida and you wanted to go into advertising. Why don't you do that? That was like the big, like those words, uh, we're really kind of what started me in this trajectory. And so, um, I applied, got right. in and didn't even visit. I figured how bad can the university of Florida be? Um, so, so I, I went to school, uh, I majored, uh, I actually started majoring in journalism cause I thought I wanted to be on the news or something like that. Maybe like sports reporting. Um, and, and then I, I changed okay. once I got there into the, uh, advertising program. Uh, I actually didn't think I was, when I graduated, I, I had a good time. I thought again, like, I'm going to say something that shows like the tips I had to like, you know how the story ends. You can see where kind of the motivation was. Um, I like, I like my education, but I Mm -hmm. felt like it was too, I felt like it was too theoretical. You know, it was like there, you were talking about, um, things in, um, in textbooks and there wasn't a lot lot of practical uh, experience. And I think I just, I just kind of wasn't as interested in advertising as I, I as I thought I, I thought I would be. Um, so I went on to, to grad school at Arizona State, um, go Sun Devils, and I, you know, because I wanted to, I wanted to run another year as a runner in college. I, I ran for the uh, the cross country team at ASU and at uh, Florida, and I, I thought I wanted to be a professor uh, again. You're seeing how all this how all this ends up. Um, I, 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 you know, when I finished it at ASU, um, I decided that like, I, again, getting back to the, I I wanted to just experience, I wanted to be young and experience things. So I decided I I didn't want to commit to a life of academia. So I, uh, uh, decided to move to Los Angeles and, um, I knew a guy, um, that ran at, uh, or I knew a lot of girls that ran at UCLA that one of their, one of their boyfriends, uh, connected me with an ad job at a place called Dalian Associates. Um, and I thought, well, I want to move to Los Angeles. I have a degree in advertising. That sounds like something that would be what fun. So interviewed and, um, for two positions and, and got the job and moved out like within a matter of weeks. It was, it happened very, very, uh, oh, wow. very fast. 
Mm-hmm. So wow. started started at yeah. Daily, spent a year there, and then on to Shite Day, and after that, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's yeah. you know glad to have another Sun Devil on the on the podcast too, and also another Gator too. My mom actually just uh, got her doctorate through a oh, there you US go. online program. So there, yeah, there so go. right on. Already <laughs> building the connections there. Love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm curious awesome. too, because we, you know, Cole mentioned it, we've, you know, we looked at your LinkedIn and kind of are listening to your background and you've worked on so many different yes. projects kind of in that account management role. And, you know, two of the kind of pillars of account management is knowing how to work with people yeah. and like yes. lead teams to success and also understand clients. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, from your experience, what have you found to be kind of the constant among clients you've worked with and like what you found to like is, is helpful to like guide teams to success in, in, in your work. Well, I mean, and that may be a broad yeah, answer, but if you yeah, have any thoughts, it'd be I, I mean, I think your, your, how you've uh, positioned it is, 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 is great. I think as an account manager in account services or brand management, whatever you, whatever agencies call it, I think the the biggest right. thing, and again, why why I even wanted to get into um, teaching, was, you know, you you can be super smart, you know, you can be charismatic, all that good stuff. You can be great at the business, creative, but I think the most important thing is is knowing how to deal with people, or not even knowing how right. to deal with people, because mm-hmm. I feel like that even that could get textbooking, textbooky, but like give it, yeah, you know caring about people giving a shit i don't know if i'm allowed to swear on here but i but i just did anyway but like you know oh no okay, you, great. you can yeah we've got uh, yeah, the you can. Awesome. <laughs> we have a okay, yeah we have a, nice <laughs> but like giving a shit about people and and in and, and in a very yeah. genuine way like like you actually have to care you know it, it's like there's no secret to to oh how do i care more about people you just have to actually care because if you actually care about people and you genuinely care, you'll make all the right little decisions because you genuinely care about those people. So if, and and that's very broad, but if you genuinely care for people, if you genuinely want to inspire people, if you genuinely want to get out the best in people and and you want to collaborate with people um, to get the best out of the collective group, um, then again, you're going to be able to make the the, the little decisions, uh, the right decisions along the way. Now, if you unpack that a lot to kind of like, okay, what are some good techniques in order to, to care about people? I think it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, being empathetic, um, uh, being like collab, being very collaborative, listening to them, caring about what their opinion is again, wanting to, to, um, get, get the best out of them, valuing their opinion, stuff like that. It's, it sounds like very basic, basic things, but you would be absolutely stunned how, how few – not few people. That's not fair. Um, how a lot of people don't do that, you know, because I think it's right. like you can get caught up in mm-hmm. your own self-interest or the interests of the agency or, you know, this person's legacy or maybe just the basic, you know, bullshit of the day of like this person said this and now I have to, to – mm-hmm to just do this, you know, very, being very task oriented. But I think success in leading a team and then in success in maintaining a good client relationship is just gets down to giving a shit about those people and wanting to get the best out of those people. And if you do that, yeah, it, you're going to be guided along the mm-hmm. way. Like if you have a foundation of that, 
then you're just going to do stuff and then you won't even notice. Like I, I've had people say, it's like, oh, mom, Mike really listens. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even, I was just listening, you know, and uh, <laughs> we, we like Mike in yeah. creative presentations yeah. because yeah. he laughs at the jokes. And it was like, if I think a joke is funny, I'm going to laugh at it. Like, I didn't know that was like a, I didn't right, even know that right. was a, a, a thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like, yeah, if you care about the people, you care about the work, it's, it'll just kind of naturally, uh, naturally come out. Yeah, no, that, that mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think something people forget is like as many problems as you may have, like even internally in an agency, uh, the client you're working with has, has problems oh they're facing so too. Much. And I think the, the most, most successful teams I've, I've been on in my internships have been the ones that actually care almost more about the brand than even the people at the brand do, right? You have that passion for and want to see them succeed. And I think that can lead to so much success. So that was a great point that, that yeah, you brought I mean, up I, there. I, one of the things that we teach in, in, in our class is, um, emotional intelligence. Um, it's so critical to a being in a position of leadership, any position of leadership, but you know, as an account manager, even when you're a coordinator or an admin, you know, you're basically in that function, you know, you're a connector, you know, you're somebody that makes stuff happens. You have to be, you know, -hmm. if you look at the tenets of what emotional intelligence is like, you need those things in order to be successful. So I feel like it's, that's where I got frustrated is when like we're teaching the four P's and talking about SWOT analysis and I've never, I've never heard anyone right. say, let's do a SWOT analysis in my 14 year <laughs> career. Like it's never happened. Yeah, exactly. Never done one. Yeah. Um, but like emotional intelligence, which we didn't talk about at all is, I mean, it, right. it's not, it's not even like it's, it's that's like, really Oh, that important. would be helpful. It's critical. You know? So I think like, reading yeah, up on absolutely. that and understanding and, and like being like putting as much dedication to that as you do your, you know, your, uh, just, you know, re- theoretical uh, study or even more would be, uh, is, is super helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like that's so true. And that's, you know, the whole team really needs to come together around a campaign or a project or something to really get that that work and make, make it have that impact and kind of maintain that creative vision. It seems like, do you have like a favorite project or, um, a campaign that you worked on that kind of executed all of those things uh, really well or something? I, it's, it's like asking a parent to pick their favorite child. Um, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't say that I Definitely. have a, a favorite project. I mean, cause I think it's like, you, you take a look at, okay, great. I'm an NFL fan. We just did a Super Bowl spot that had 50 people in it. And it was, um, uh, you know, it was the right. it won the, it, it won the ad meter in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. It's easy to say that. Right. And, um, that was certainly a labor of mm-hmm. love, um, that mm-hmm. we put a lot of blood, sweat and tears in into. So it would be easy to say that cause it was a, cl- you know, because of the outcome and, um, you know, I, it did have a lot of, uh, uh, I did have a lot of fun uh, working in a very collaborative environment with with the team and everything we just talked about of getting the most out of each other, I think happened. But but I think in advertising uh, and in in business and probably even life too. But like, there's a lot of and in my career, there's a lot less sexy projects that um, you know uh, I I would put mm-hmm. up there. You know, like I, I was just. I was right. just literally yeah. probably 30 minutes ago, uh, trading email messages with a client, um, <laughs> that I, I worked with two clients actually that I worked with, uh, on Jimmy Dean in 2010. 
you know, this is nine years ago and we're still talking oh, wow. to each other. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, awesome. I, and I was texting with my boss at that time today too. So I was like, in a span of two days, it was like, I'm talking to three people I work with over nine years ago. And, you know, the stuff that we did on there with the sun, I think it was great for the category. And uh, it certainly was a business success as well. But it was just so much fun and so rewarding. And I learned so much. And, you know, we had such a great relationship as an internal team, uh, as an agency. And, uh, we like working together. We got the most out of each other. They wanted what we were we were selling. We wanted to help them. We were really solving business challenges. We were helping them, you know, go from just baseline service to business to grow the brand and and think of incremental growth. So like that was awesome. And then I, I you know I also worked on the Grammys for six years. That was amazing. You know, oh, um, that's awesome. a lot of surreal, uh, uh, yeah. surreal experiences. And then I, I know we'll talk about the Theranos thing too. Like that was a, that was a surreal experience. So I, yeah. I, I, I would say it's like, mm-hmm. there, I, I've been blessed that there's been a lot of uh, great people uh, uh, and great businesses. I've worked on. I'm, I mean, it's all flashing in front of my eyes. Now I, my first shoot ever was a nine day for being cruise, uh, which was as exciting as it sounds like, we shot, oh, wow. we shot photography for a brochure oh, yeah. and like, you know, to people that are to either starting their careers or, you know, thinking about changes, like working on a client like Princess Cruises might, and working on brochures might not sound like the most exciting thing ever, but man, that was fun. Like what a fun experience <laughs> that was. Yeah. Like, we were hanging <laughs> yeah. out in the, in the Grand uh-huh. Turk, St. Thomas, Puerto Rico making a bro- making a brochure like that was so much fun and so yeah. like and mm-hmm. you know I, I did yeah. learn a lot you know I learned a lot about uh, what the experience was like who the target uh, audience was um, how to actually market to that audience what do they look for what's going to be compelling so you know you can learn uh, uh, and ha- learn from and have as much fun doing a brochure as you would making a two minute uh, Super Bowl spot with all of your heroes. Um, and, um, and yeah, the, um, yeah, uh, you, you know, the teams, yeah. you know, really do, you know, when you work collaboratively, um, and, you know, and, and just kind of like value each other's opinions and value each other's talent, uh, talent skills, um, you know, you can get, uh, get a lot out of, uh, and learn a lot out of almost every experience that you can, that, that you have. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's so true. And I feel like, you know, it can be the biggest client or, you know, the co- quote unquote coolest project, but really, you know, the team that you have around you and the experience that oh, that completely. kind of creates, I feel like drives so much of what you remember and what creates even the good work too. And I, I think that's so cool. And even, you know, you mentioned Jimmy Dean and those are <laughs> spots that I even still remember to this yeah, day same. just because they were so fun and kind of outside of the box. And so, um, no, I think that's awesome and so true to, uh, to you know, one, the, one of the, the things that, of that, um, so <laughs> I tell, um, you know, uh, people that I work with, uh, whether it be brand managers or I don't, I don't ever like to be called the, when people say boss, it just feels like a very archaic way of, of, of saying somebody who stands above you and judges everything. I, <laughs> I prefer the word supervisor. So I don't even know how to mm-hmm. say like, people that, you know, I work with, I don't even like to say that work under, under me, the people that I help guide. Um, one of the things I would like to, I always yeah. like to say to, to, mm-hmm. to younger yeah. people or, or maybe even older people that are, that are, uh, you know, I'm helping guide or at least giving advice to is like, 
just chase experiences, you know, like in this industry, it's very, very title oriented and it's very structured. And any, anytime someone tells you we're a flat organization, it's probably bullshit um, because it's a very hierarchical, <laughs> hierarchical um, yeah. structured industry. Um, and, and so like, it, it's very easy to take that to, to, um, to chase titles, but experiences are really what makes the process fun. Um, and, and really you get value yeah. out of, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you never know what good experience, where good experience might, might, might lie. But if you look at like, okay, when I was joining the Jimmy Dean team, like what is really that experience that I'm going to get out of there? I'm going to have great mentorship. I'm going to have client that wants, uh, you know, great client relationship. They want what we're, 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 we're selling them. They value the work that we provide. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though that's not a, a product that I was super passionate about, I don't love breakfast sausage, but I learned to really like, I learned so much about business. <laughs> I learned so much about business from, you know, the CPG industry mm-hmm. and talking to salespeople, talking to the manufacturing people and going to focus groups. It's like, what's that experience that you're going to get from that opportunity and chase that experience. That's where the growth comes. That's where the fun comes. That's where the fulfillment comes from. Not from something that might just sound sexy or you have a, a title and more money, but the experience is going to be a, a mess for you. Like chase experience, not titles. It's going to just, you're just going to be a happier person overall. Yeah. I mean, I, that's an awesome point. I think the cool thing about advertising, you've kind of touched on it is, you know, any given day you could be thrown into some completely random project that you wouldn't have even <laughs> thought you'd ever touch. Yes. You know, it's, it's cool, right? It's a, it's a fun industry for that. And the experience side of that is, is I think, pivotal. And I think, um, you know, you, you kind of hinted at it too, but, you know, as far as the, the NFL uh, project you did work on, I'd love to yeah. hear just a little bit, if you can share kind of what it was like behind the scenes. I think I remember reading it at one point that uh, kind of the team filming it had to kind of record different parts in different locations just to the sheer yeah. uh, ask of getting so many athletes in one room together. I just kind of would love to hear a little bit about, you know, behind the scenes of that, if you can share anything. Uh, sure. So um, I remember it was, there was a, there was a pitch and um, it was a long, it was a long pitch process. Um, uh, the, the NFL got a new CMO right. by the name of Tim Ellison. Um, mm-hmm. used to work with him on Activision. And so when he came over, there was, uh, we were on the list of people okay. that, uh, he wanted a new agency. We were on the list of people that he, uh, he wanted, uh, to have pitched the business. Uh, so I remember like being a part of focus groups cause I'm a huge NFL fan. And I was thinking, what NFL, like, right. Yeah. Like, we could pitch this yeah. business. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> awesome. mm-hmm. now, so it was a long process. And that was, I, I mean, I don't even remember when that was, but I remember in early December, I remember that pr- the president of our LA office was like, Hey, uh, so don't tell anyone, but uh, we won the NFL. Uh, so if you want to work on it, um, we'd love to have you. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of wild. So it's like, yeah, so you start seeing uh, presentations yeah, yeah. and exactly, yeah. I read the Super Bowl spot and I was like, well, this isn't, this is kind of, this is not possible. <laughs> you know, it's like all these people in one yeah. room. Like, I mean, all right, if we're going to try it, if we're going to try it, they're going to have to like NFL is going to have to help us because it's not going to be possible any other way. But, but also I, yeah, really connect. You know, yeah. 
It wasn't, exactly. I wasn't sticking my yeah. neck too much out. It was like the, our leadership that was sticking their neck out and the CMO that was sticking his neck out like that we were going to try this. So I was like, look, I'll go on this ride. This will be, this will be interesting. But yeah. I thought like, this is, this is a big <laughs> thing. And I thought, I got to be honest with you, I thought yeah. we would get half of the people at best. Um. At best, we'd get right. half of them. If that, right? I was mm-hmm. like, we might. I at best, I thought twenty people. At uh, realistically, I thought if we have ten people, that's going to be a lot of people in a commercial, you know. And where we ended up with was was forty four players, yeah, and then six other notable mm-hmm. um, notable uh, uh, OCPs on camera principals. So. Where it started was that I think it was December sixth yeah. is when we when we said okay mm-hmm. we're clicking go on this the Super Bowl is one thing we've got to make we've got to make all this other stuff for the um, for for uh, the playoffs as well and so from December sixth you have two months to yeah. um, storyboard everything out find a director cast <laughs> shoot and edit it's a hell of a um, timeline and, and and do all yeah. the compositing so um, anyone that works in the industry is like. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. What you also have to understand is mm-hmm. that Christmas is uh, is, is during yeah. Hanukkah and, uh, and everything else. All the holidays are during this time, and a lot of the ad agencies shut down and yeah. everything's slow. But then, oh, exactly. Everybody else is finishing Super Bowls mm-hmm. too, so availab- yeah. availability of of all the talent that it takes to make this stuff is not possible. And then availability for, for the talent. Oh, right. Like I'm not even talking about talent, like the yeah. stars. I'm talking about the lighting people, the editors, the people that finish this, the sound yeah. people. Mm-hmm. You want to make the yeah. most epic spot in <laughs> history. You've got two months to do it and mm-hmm. you just hope you'll find the, the, the right people. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of like crossing <laughs> your fingers and hoping. Exactly. Um, but you know, the good thing was, the NFL was, yeah. I mean, I, I have never worked mm-hmm. so collaboratively with a client in the production of something. Normally, you it, it's like, you know, you, you, you pick awesome. a spot and then you work with your production team mm-hmm. to do it. But like, you know, it's their players. So um, so they have a best relationship with them. They, yeah, exactly. It, 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 work, yeah. it worked better if, mm-hmm. you know, we had all those 44 people that wanted to do it for the NFL, not for 72 and Sonny on behalf of the NFL. So they have a, um, a, a team that heads up um, yeah. player marketing, a woman by the mm-hmm. name of Tracy Perlman, who's uh, both a, mm-hmm. a, a wonderful person to talk to, but also mm-hmm. like just nails at her job. And she is like so connected to all of these guys and how she talks about it is so casual. You know, it's like, well, let me text Peyton. Um, or I was just talking to yeah. JJ the other day. Um, <laughs> yeah. She didn't talk about the commercial <laughs> yet. I didn't think it was right to bring him up. I'm like, and she's not like, she's not name dropping either. It's like so casual. It's like, oh yeah. So it was casual. Like, oh yeah. Jerry no, yeah. and I were, were playing golf the other day. Mm-hmm. Jerry, oh, so I'm like, yeah, exactly. this is crazy. Like, do you know who you're talking about? But Tracy and her team uh, are great. And, you know, it was like a very surreal oh experience, God. like talking to them and saying, mm-hmm. here's who we want for this. How are we going to go out and get them and, and going from there? And, and the, the interesting story is there is Tracy had the perspective yeah. of get Dion first and then you'll, you know, he can, he can get people, he can talk a lot of other people oh, yeah. into there doing it. So that was really the strategy was to work, like to identify the list and we had we storyboarded the whole thing out and then made the list and made all these reach out uh, presentations 
ready to click fire um, to, to everybody to send. But um, we started with Dion, got Dion on board. And, and then, you know, once you had Dion, we got Michael Irvin, we had Emmett Smith, um, we got uh, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. And once you had those names, it was like, okay, all of these people – all of these people said yes. Yeah, you had the credibility. Do you want to be yeah. in this? You, mm-hmm. you know, you could exactly. like the players started to see that there was something special that was going to happen. So yeah. by the time we got all the way down to like, you know, one of the first weeks in January, we were finally able to talk, be able to talk, talk to Tom Brady. Like, it was harder for Tom to say no. Yeah, because we said all of these people are in the spot and it is a spot where it's the best of the best from the past, present and future. You are integral to that story. We need to be, you need to be in it and we're going to come to you to film it. Like it was hard for him to, they said he never does anything for us. And he was willing to do this. They said, I was even talking to the Patriots. They're like, I have no idea how Tracy talked Tom to, in, into being in this. He usually never does stuff like this. Um, so that was key is like to get the people on board early and then yeah. just be able to use that and even the marketing of like the spot in order to get people into into do it. And you know, it was I'll tell you it was crazy. I told I told the creatives they were like crack addicts. Like once we got one big name, they were like, I want more, I want more. It's never enough. And like <laughs> a, even a week before the shoot, if I told the people that we a week before the shoot, a list of the people that weren't in the spot. You'd be like, yeah. oh my God, that person was never in the spot. I'm talking um, mm-hmm. Ed Reed, Peyton Manning, um, Terry Bradshaw, um, the referees. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it like goes on and on. Dick Buttkiss, Brian <laughs> Erlacher, all these people yeah. that are like integral uh-huh. to the spot and are also NFL legends weren't yeah. in the spot yet. You know, we got Ed Reed. Yeah. There's a pre-production. It, during That's the pre-pro, <laughs> Tracy uh, wow. was like, well, JJ <laughs> yeah. can't do it. What about um, – what about Ed Reed? And I had been trying to sell Ed Reed to, 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 to people internally. Um, but when she said it, it was like, you know, yeah, Ed's, Ed's already in LA. He, that, he'd be good. And I'm like, Ed would be perfect for this. Um, so everyone was like, everyone was like, sure, Ed. She texts yeah. and two minutes later she goes, Ed's in. And it was like, what's happening right now? We just got, we just, it was like, I mean, it was honestly, it <laughs> could have been more five minutes from when she said, what about mm-hmm. Ed Reed to, we had a commitment from Ed Reed and it was three days before the shoot, you know? And then, and then she left wow. him and she's like, you know, we were trying to get Peyton. He couldn't do it. He couldn't make it work oh with God. the schedule. And she left the room, came back an hour later and goes, okay, I think I got Peyton right. to stay. We're going to have to shoot him Sunday morning. And it's just like, what, what world is this right now? What world? What what world is this? <laughs> but it was it was chaotic. Being like, okay, how do we schedule so all these cool. people in? How are we going to film this? Yeah. You know, because you have to like it. You have to get all these people in at the same time if you want, like, you know, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, because they're the running backs, yeah. and Todd Gurley. When when would we have to shoot those people? Okay, if Todd Gurley mm-hmm. is going to be still playing. Uh, yeah. that means they have a day off on uh, Tuesday. We're going to have to shoot Tuesday. Can Emmett Barry and Jim Brown all shoot Tuesday? Like there's so many things that we, we had to, we had to position it around. Oh, and right. There's so much, like there was a spreadsheet <laughs> mm-hmm. that was like ever evolving yeah. and God bless Google docs because it was like, you had to keep that thing updated because it was like with new news yeah. was in, was <laughs> out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, just figuring it out. But we shot three days in Los yeah. Angeles and then we had three pickup days in New Orleans, um, uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts, 
and uh, Orlando f- for, for for the Pro Bowls because the yeah. Patriots were still obviously in the playoffs. Um, New Orleans had just been right, eliminated right. by that, yeah, by yeah, that play against the Rams. We were <laughs> yeah. there two days after that's that, and they were oh, I'm sure they're happy. happy. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were they were not. That's why in the spot they are clapping at a table because um, they were gracious enough to donate their time to us. We were so happy to have them uh, there. Uh, and we're glad we got that out yeah. uh, because it was a hard, it was really hard for them to do. So we, we really yeah. appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. That was, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Yeah, that's an awkward room to walk we, into. We, were, yeah. we went there. We're like, are they even yeah, going to show up? And we like, we were on <laughs> set wondering if they were even going to show up. So we saw Alvin Kamara walk in. We're like, yeah, oh, that's him. That's him. That's Alvin Kamara. It's like, we were so excited to see Alvin Kamara at Like, where else would Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara be? You know? And when Drew Brees walked in, we were like, we were like, oh my God. Thank yeah. God. Thank God Drew Brees is here. Yeah, so, exactly. um, yeah, it was, yeah. it was an exciting experience. And then being on set, it was just, again, so mm-hmm. surreal because it was like, you know, you. we had another set where we were doing uh, a portrait shoot and that came together in the last minute, if you've seen the, the portraits on white of the guys, uh, of all the guys holding the, the balls, uh, the gold balls shot by very talented photographer, Eric, uh, Eric yeah. Espino. Um, what was funny mm-hmm. about that was Eric was actually coming to the set to shoot behind the uh-huh. scenes. And on Thursday, we decided to do those portraits during the pre-po that were like, well, we should be oh, doing really? other things. Like we we're doing a lot of other yeah. things, but one of the, one of the a- extra pieces was that. So yeah, we, we had another too, behind yeah. the scenes guy instead, yeah, and Eric exactly. shot all those portraits. Um, so we had a whole nother set that we got on on Friday. We got a whole nother stage. That was another hullabaloo. Um, <laughs> but you were like walking from stage one to stage so two, cool. and it was like I almost walked right into Roger Goodell's mm-hmm. chest. Um, uh, but the, but then you were also like ex, uh, you know um, escorting. Uh, people from stages. It was like I was walking uh, Tracy and Odell uh, from the green room uh, to the uh, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the uh, Odell Beck. I'm sorry, I'm I'm no, no, name you're dropping perfect. right now. But like to 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 to, to the uh, stage, you'd see Jim Brown walk by. You know, one of the clients was like, "Hey, Mike, can you walk Jerry back up to the green so room?" Cool. And it's just like Jerry Rice, <laughs> you know, and 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 he and he was like, he was such a nice person that I was almost, I I almost wanted to say to him. Do you know that you're Jerry Rice? Yeah. I just want to make sure you know that you're Jerry Rice and you know that you are by far the greatest wide receiver in the history of the NFL. No one will ever come close to you. Like it was such a surreal, uh, surreal experience being there and then, you know, being on set in New Orleans, being on set in um in Orlando with Patrick Mahomes yeah. and uh and uh, Russell Wilson, um, and it just being so casual. Everyone was so casual <laughs> and down to earth and like Mm-hmm. way more human i remember brian erlacher talking to us like we were like his yeah. friends you know and i was yeah. like this is this is crazy like and these guys are all way cooler than i thought yeah. they'd be like way <laughs> way more down mm-hmm. earth so it was a just an awesome experience but it was like getting that thing together was just like crossing your fingers and and hoping it would turn out well but like again trusting trusting your team and trusting everybody and empowering people that are hired to do certain things to right. do those things, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask first, uh, who's your favorite team then? Oh, favorite NFL team. Yeah. Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm from Philadelphia. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. It's, there's not another team. There's not a second place team. 
Um, right. It was, it was, it's <laughs> by birth. I'm an Eagles fan. Um, yeah. And uh, I was in, I wasn't working with the NFL at the time. I decided to uh-huh. purchase tickets to attend the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, yeah. when they uh, defeated the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, awesome. Very memorable moment in my life. Yeah, um, wow. So yes, I'm a devout, oh devout Eagles uh, fan. Um, it's awesome. been a, it's been a lot better since they won. Mm-hmm. I used to say, I I'm, a say. Reluct, I'm a reluctant Eagles fan just because of how they let us down. But now I can say um, I'm a proud. I'm looking around my apartment. I've got a lot of Eagles stuff uh, <laughs> still. Uh, my dog has an Eagles collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Eagles go birds. Yeah, I have a I have a Denver Broncos flag next to me right now. So I, I get what you mean. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty has made the last couple of years so much easier oh, to bear. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I mean, like, uh, that's just, yeah. That, thank you for sharing all that. Cause that's, that's so freaking cool. I mean, <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. now listening yeah. to that. Like, ooh. yeah, it's so cool. And I, I just think like, how do you, how do you like keep yourself together when you're, you know, starstruck almost like that? I mean, I feel like there's even other points in your career where you've been in spots kind of like this. It almost seems like so surreal yeah. with just all the talent, all of like, the stardom around you. How do you kind of keep your head, I guess, in that yeah, situation? Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, it's, you, you're at work. It's not like you're out, um, hanging out and you, you know, you, you, you walk across the, uh, like our offices are by the honest companies, uh, offices, 72 and sunny. And, um, you know, Jessica mm-hmm. Alba is there from time to time. So I've seen her get food at the food trucks and like, that's kind of cool. You know, just yeah, yeah. like, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. But like when you're on set and you're, 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 you're working, it's very different, you know, because like, right. yes, it can be super cool to be like, you know, although I hate the Dallas Cowboys with a passion, yeah. Emmett <laughs> Smith was, it was, uh, went to the university of Florida. So he's a Gator first and foremost, and he's from the state right. of Florida. So he's first and foremost, a Florida Gator. Um, so it's like a guy that's, it's, you know, look, Emmett Smith's one of the greatest running backs of all time, went to, you know, uh, was a student athlete at, at Florida like I was, but like we're there to do a job, you know? So like, you know, I'm there to do something. He's there to do something. And in order to be successful, we need to be the best at the job. So it's not even like you don't even get starstruck because you're so focused on what you need to do. And how do you get yeah. success, getting mm-hmm. success out of it? So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's easy. It's very easy. And, and, you know, when, when yeah. talent is easy to deal with, it makes it even easier when they're difficult, you know, even then it, it, it makes it easier just to be very focused on the function of what your job is, you know, other time, other times, again, when you're outside of it, like I remember going to the Grammy events and, you know, when you're, when you're shooting spots with Rihanna, when you're shooting yeah. spots with, um, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis <laughs> yeah. and those type of stuff, and you're on phone calls, you know, we are just meeting with like the president of rock nation and all these, these things. Um, right. it's very easy to just focus on mm-hmm. business because it's, here's what we want to get done. And Kendrick Lamar's people like get, getting, getting the job done. But then like, I remember going to events and, you know, we went to this thing called the music cares person of the year, which is like a thousand times better than the actual Grammy show. Um, attending the (laughs) Grammy show. Like that's what people like, yeah, attending the Grammys is fun, but going to like the music cares person of the year dinner is way cooler. Um, 
one's a TV show, one's an experience. So um, right. it's like a tribute show that all these talent go to. And I, I, I remember like Barry Gordy, the founder of Motown and Smokey Robinson. These are people that like my wow. father loved that this is like music yeah. that I grew up with. I like seeing those people from, <laughs> you know, two feet in front of your face. I was like, that's crazy. That's when you get starstruck yeah. is, is those moments. <laughs> it's like, that's Barry Gordy. Yeah. That's the founder of Motown. He and I are in the same room. Like that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. So those times you can get starstruck, but when you're in, in shooting, it's like, it's easy to be like, this is, you know, I'm good at my job. You're good at your job. Let's be the best at our, at our jobs and get, you know, make the best end product. It's so easy to do that. Yeah. I mean, and with all mm -hmm. the stuff going on on That's set fine. there <laughs> and oh, like multiple God. sets, it sounds yeah. like it was probably just surreal the whole exactly. time. And then once it was done, it was like, you did that just happen? Focus. Yeah. You know? I mean, there, believe me, there's enough to keep you preoccupied. There's not like a moment on set where you're like, Huh, what could I be doing? I'm going to sneak over to the water cooler and <laughs> say hi to exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me go. Yeah, yeah let me go get an autograph. Like, hey, you yeah. got 15 more shots that you need to get today, and you got, you know, five hours to do it. So we got to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know you mentioned that spreadsheet, and I can't imagine all of those different shots with the different like players in each uh, yeah. one. It's yeah. that's crazy. And and kind of speaking of maybe another kind of surreal experience too. Um, you, you had kind of alluded to it earlier and I actually, it's funny because when Cole said that we were going to be interviewing you, I thought I recognized your name. And so I went back and looked and I remember you showed up in an Adweek article recently, kind of talking yeah. about it a little bit too, um, with, with Theranos. And you, I remember you said you kind of had to take Elizabeth's word for it. And I was just kind of curious, like, especially from like a, like an account management department role where you're communicating with the client so much. I was just curious kind of what, what it was like working in that environment with Theranos at Shiat Day and, um, what kind of the process was, you know, behind the scenes and how that, how that kind of was, uh, from your perspective? Well, I was going to say, uh, I was going to lead with, I mean, this could be an enti entirely separate podcast and it actually already yeah. is a separate podcast and a separate movie and a separate mm -hmm. book and a separate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah it was a surreal experience, mm -hmm. um, a surreal experience. And e even like from day one, you know, it was a, right. sur a surreal, uh, experience. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I'll lead with when you said, like, you had to take Elizabeth's word for it. Um, I think, like, mm -hmm. starting with that would at least gives you a little bit of context because, like, you know, right. we're an ad agency. Clients come to us. You know, CEO says, here's what our product is. Here's the vision of it. Can you help us market? And it, it's obviously a lot. That's generalizing how the conversations go. But when I said you had to take Elizabeth's right. word for it is if you're going to be successful in a client and agency relationship, you got to trust each other, right? Yeah, like you exactly. have to trust each other. Like, yeah. you know, we always talk mm -hmm. about from an agency perspective. It's like, we need the clients to trust us, but we got to trust them too. We can't just, you know, be like, is that really true? Is that really true? How does you, you know, like, you have to assume, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, yeah. that no worries. what your client is telling mm -hmm. you is true. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, yeah, so no, no so it's, it's, it starts from there. It starts from like just taking your client's word for it. And again, hindsight, like it wasn't true or, or they were just hoping it would become, would become true. But when, when we first started, it was like, here's the vision of this. 
let's how do we bring this to to the masses and and grow this establish this brand and then grow it and then really make yeah. this into something mm-hmm. that's going to yeah. change the world to use a lot of vernacular that um is probably cliche but like you know when you hear about what the promise was and what the vision for the company was it was like wow that's amazing i yeah, would love exactly. i would love to be a part of it one of the things i mm-hmm. said in the podcast was like exactly yeah everyone wanted to be a part of that like you know you're i love jimmy dean but like the thought of saying hey do you want to be a part of something that could revolutionize how people um handle health and it might change the landscape of healthcare it's like yeah of course i want to be a part of that this could be you know people are talking about she's the next steve jobs this is the next apple but it was you know, could have been bigger than that, right? Because you're talking about healthcare, you know, healthcare in not just but the world, like that could have been huge. So when they came in and you're buying the vision, it's easy to just jump into it and, and just, just trust it. But then, you know, where it started to unravel for, for me and a couple others was when Mm -hmm. you started to like ask questions and have to prove things and see how they were really running the business. And, how loose they were being mm-hmm. on things that they shouldn't have been loose on. And I think, you know, for our senior management, it was tough because they weren't in, in the weeds like we were with the day-to-day. They weren't having those conversations because that's not what their job was to be doing. Yeah. And their relationship mm-hmm. was Elizabeth and they yeah. had to trust Elizabeth just because like they could ask questions. But again, if you're walking into the general assumption that I've got to trust my client and she spoke confidently she sounded smart mm-hmm. and it was in an area of expertise that they weren't in. Like it was easy for them to yeah, buy it, especially exactly. when it was my job to do the due diligence on stuff. It mm-hmm. wasn't their job. It was my job. And I was doing the due diligence yeah. on, on, on <laughs> stuff. But the more we asked mm-hmm. questions, it was yeah. like, hmm, hmm, wait yeah, a second. Because I mean, yeah. even like how yeah, they did exactly. certain business things, you're like, wait, you've got to get a doctor's prescriptions to do this but you're not going to doctors right now. Why? Yeah. You're going to, you, you think mm-hmm. you're going to drive mm-hmm. X amount of traffic to Walgreens by putting ads out in social media. No, you like, even if it was effective, <laughs> even if it was effective, which it yeah, will be exactly. at that point, yeah. like they would, their doctors would have to prescribe it to them. So if the doctor's not yep. bought in, it all dies. So it's got to start there. And yeah. like, the fact mm-hmm. that they didn't get that was like, how much do they not get here? Like, this is basic. I'm right. not saying anything that's revolutionary. So it's mm-hmm. like, and then mm-hmm. you start exactly. to like, you know, you that, that puts just a little bit of doubt in your head and you start to ask more questions. You start, they start to not provide you with things that are critical to moving forward and also proving that this product does what it says. It's so you start to go, eh. What's going on? And then there's like yeah. other big, you know, big mm-hmm. things like, I, you know, me asking where the lab was in Phoenix. And that's just because I went to Arizona State <laughs> and wanted to know if it was in yeah. Yeah. Um, in the, one of the new buildings uh, by Tempe Town Lake. Like, that's the only reason I asked the question yeah, was exactly. because I wanted to know if the Theranos lab was on mm-hmm. Tempe Town Lake. That was the, that's the big reveal of all this is I wasn't trying to. Un, un, yeah. unravel anything or I was just trying to figure it out and then mm-hmm. what he said my contact said oh we haven't built it yet and we started asking more questions I was like oh my god this thing is 
what are we dealing with here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and among a lot of other uh-huh. things, like I said, like, yeah. you know, that guy, Sonny Balwani, you know, when you started to hear yeah, yeah. stories around about who he was, you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? Like, what is this company? Right. So there was a lot of doubt from our point. And it was just, it was weird to be a part of because it was almost like culty, cult-like where everyone, she would, Elizabeth yeah. would say stuff and everyone would yeah. be like, oh my God, I'm so inspired. And I, I remember being yeah. like, huh? I'm Like, <laughs> there, there's, there's a scene from Zoolander that I would always <laughs> reference where uh, Will Ferrell's yeah. character, Mugatu, goes, I feel like I'm taking crazy yeah. pills. Blue Steel and Magnum are the same thing. You know, am I the yeah, only one yeah, that sees this? Yeah. Like, I remember when everyone would, when uh-huh, she would yeah. say stuff, they'd be like, oh, she's so inspiring. I'd be like, yeah. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, what is this? <laughs> so it was a surreal experience. And when it finally, the expos, they came out. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I said, I used to Google Theranos scam because I, someone's going to uncover this. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like yeah. somebody on or news or something like that was going to uncover. I didn't think it was going to be an expose <laughs> in the Wall Street Journal by a by you know a yeah, uh, surprise yeah. winning uh, journalist. But like, and and the fact that it would be a book, and the fact that it would be a movie. Um, but um, I knew that it would right. happen. And when that mm-hmm. day came, it was like, look, I did feel, I did feel a little bit of like just okay. I told you guys I was right. I told you. I knew it. Yeah. You know, I did feel a bit of vindication. <laughs> exactly. Because you were the only one that could really see yeah, it. Yeah, well, I, I definitely and wasn't one of I the only like ones. There was a group of yeah. us, um, but yeah, um, yeah, but it was mm-hmm. just like you know to have so many people bought in of like, and we're talking. These people aren't dumb that were bought into this. These people are like yeah. really, really yeah, smart exactly. people were bought into this. And yeah, to have it be like, oh, I saw this. I was right. It was look. It was vindicated. So yeah. What what was it like too? Because I thought I read too mm-hmm. that some of the people from Shiat Day ended up going brandside to Theranos yeah. too to help out. What was it like, kind of starting to have doubts and then seeing that too? Just because like from like a like a personal relations yeah. standpoint, that must have been really hard. Yeah, well, um, you know, it started to die down the relationship, and you're like, okay, this is they don't want to work with us anymore. I didn't think that was going to happen, and all of a sudden, our yeah. entire UX team left one day, and you're like, whoa. We yeah. have five people quit mm-hmm. in one day and they're all going to work at Theranos. Oh, man, shit. What the hell? They didn't say they were going to work at Theranos, oh, but we found out they were going to go work at Theranos. We're like, right. are you kidding me? And then, um, Chris wow. and Patrick left. And then, um, you know, a couple months later it was announced that they were at Theranos and there was a couple other people, um, that had since left Shite and then, um, went to join them that we had all worked with in the, in the past. And, yeah, it. I, I would say it was. Mm-hmm. It was a weird feeling because I liked and respected those people, right? Um, and to see them joining something mm-hmm. that I thought wasn't on the up and up, and that was eventually going to get exposed, was a little difficult. And, you know, I think everyone was posting like, "This woman is going to change the world," and like to see them post that stuff on Facebook because we're all Facebook friends and LinkedIn and yeah. stuff like that. It was hard. It was hard yeah. because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're seeing people buying into something that you think is not real and is going to be exposed and people that you respect. It was, it was hard. It was hard yeah. to see it, but, um, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, there's nothing you but, can like, you can talk to them, but like, 
they were bought into it. They believed yeah. it. Um, and you know, they had, they had reasons that they did believe it. And eventually they found out and, you know, they were able to kind of leave or end their tenures before, you know, it fully went belly up, but right. yeah, That's it was, good. it was hard. It was hard to, it was hard to mm-hmm. see that just because it was, I mean, it's just like a lot of people yeah. got hoodwinked and like, you couldn't really say anything just because they were so litigious. You know, they would sue people left and right. And like mm-hmm. we found out in greater lengths, uh, greater lengths of the book, like how deep it went and how, you know, unscrupulous they were against people, but they were, they were crazy going after people. So you really couldn't say anything. Cause it's like, I'm not going to violate my NDA and, yeah. and, uh, stick my neck out and, and get sued mm-hmm. for this. I don't have right. hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to hire a lawyer like Tyler Schultz's family did. I don't have that yeah. money. I'm not mm-hmm. sticking my neck out. So mm-hmm. it was hard yeah. to see, but I knew it just, you can't keep scamming. You can't, you like eventually, mm-hmm. like if you're a fraud, eventually you will get, you will get exposed. Like it, it, it happens. It happens. So I knew it was go it was eventually going exactly. to happen, but I just didn't know how it went. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems like too, I mean, like social media and kind of, you know, the world that we built around tech, there's, you know, all of these expectations. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you see it even with, you know, Fire Festival and kind of selling a lie in that sense. And I mean, it it's everything that I've heard too. It's like it does seem like Theranos, it was culty. You know, Elizabeth did have a way of, you know, kind of manipulating people or getting people to believe her. Do you think that it was just kind of her convincing people or what was, was there just, was it just everyone buying into it? Like why were people just so ready to jump into it? It is just the whole Silicon Valley. Um, I don't know. Mystique is the right word or the romance of Silicon Valley. Yeah. You know, like even if, even if you like the dream of (laughs) Silicon Valley, the dream of, of taking a startup from nothing to being worth billions and changing the world and having houses in Maui and San Clemente and, you know, Mm -hmm. France and, um, you know, like the vision of, of, of that is definitely, uh, alluring. So I, I think it's like just that nature of mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't know if, yeah, if Theranos existed anywhere else, if it would have, if it would have caught fire mm-hmm. like it, like it did, it's just because it worked in that, in, in, in that environment. And, and, you know, people pump money into it. It's like, yeah, the venture capital bubble. They, yeah. VCs bump, mm-hmm. they exactly. pump money into, into crazy things all the time. Yeah. And, you know, the diligence of, yeah, there's due diligence, but there's also not due diligence. That's like, I right. think the, 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 the big myth is because mm-hmm. they're trying to get in on, you know, the next 10 X, 100 X, whatever in investment. So you got to take big, you got to take yeah. big risk. You got to take big swings. Like, you know, billionaires make billions mm-hmm. by taking risks and having those risks, risks pay off entrepreneurs fail 10 times before they ever succeed once. So, you know, yes, there's diligence, but there's a lot of just like, I'm going to trust my gut and go with it a lot more than I think people even realize. So I think that's a big part of the, the central, you know, narrative of, of this is that environment in, in which this thing was created and, 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 and grew. 
um, is 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 why it was able to to happen and perpetuate, and you know why she was able to hoodwink so many people. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's it's definitely like a cautionary tale, if anything, and kind of with everything changing so much with you know the digital landscape and whatnot, it it really does speak to the fact that yet yeah, due diligence does change, you know, and you kind of have to see past that narrative a little bit. So yeah, totally, totally agree there. Um, so I guess kind of segueing from that a little bit, I know we've talked a lot about your experiences and kind of everything that you've built from that. Um, but now you're kind of in this role as like an adjunct professor. Sure. Um, you've kind of stepped away from 72 a little bit more. Um, I was just kind of curious, what kind of led you to that point after you've had this great success? in the industry? Yeah, so um, we've been doing it for four years now. Um, so where it started, and a, a buddy of mine, uh, Andrew and I, um, we were having a conversation um, in a hot tub, actually, <laughs> just a couple of dudes hanging out in a hot yeah, tub, five feet apart. Uh, uh-huh. just chatting, yeah. you know, bitch, bitching about mm-hmm. work and all that stuff. And, you know, I think it got back to what I said is we teach theory so well in schools. And what I would say is ad curriculum has gotten way better and, you know, student programs um, at universities, like I, at my alma mater, Florida, they have an agency. And I went down and visited and I was like, this is a real agency. Yeah. Like it looked like a real agency. You're getting a lot of practical experience. So it's gotten better. So I'll say that. But I just thought like I learned, I had so many theory classes and nothing that was like, what do you have to worry about in your first year yeah. of advertising? That's a good point. Like, what do you have to worry about? Mm-hmm. What actually matters yeah. and how to best to prepare mm-hmm for success in that first year. And can, mm-hmm. can I be somebody that comes in there and it's like, I didn't get a doctor in advertising and then I've never like, that's always so frustrating on this is I, my professors were always like, they had a mm-hmm. PhD in advertising, but they never worked in advertising. I said, like, then what do you know about advertising? You haven't actually done it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So mm-hmm. what, exactly. what if we had a course and look, it's not, I'm not saying there's no, there's no, it's not, there's no value in theory because obviously there is, and there's generations mm-hmm. yeah, worth of yeah. research that says this is the way to, to do stuff. But what I am saying is there needs to be a room for, for a, a course or something that teaches practical skills and prepares students for what they're actually going to experience in, in their first couple of years. Cause that's like such a critical period. Your first two years of like, you know, you're getting, you might quit and then you might walk away or you might, you know, how you're going to get molded in your, your, you know, your, your career is in that first couple of years is, you know, who you are then mm-hmm. is probably going to be who you're, who you are in the yeah, future. Like absolutely. how you, how you inspire others, how you experience yeah. it. It's so critical. Yeah. So how can we best prepare them? And, you know, it's only one credit now. It'll, I think it'll grow in the next year. That's awesome. We had an opportunity to grow it, but my mm-hmm. buddy just had a kid. So I said, pump the brakes. We're not doing two credits yet. Mm-hmm. You need to worry about your newborn child, your newborn child. Yeah. Um, but it really is about preparing mm-hmm, for exactly. practical, practical uh, skills. So it's just like, like I said, emotional intelligence, like how to be a professional, mm-hmm. what to expect. Like, I, I don't want people coming in and thinking they're going to like, if you're, if you're like one year in, you're not going to be the person that comes up with the idea that's in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What you are going to do is make mm-hmm. sure <laughs> that the people that are making those decisions 
to make those decisions and are in the best environment in order to have that. So it's like whether that might be setting up meetings, preparing presentations, getting things scheduled, um, you know, dealing with certain personalities, like how to handle when somebody is angry, yeah. you know, how to do like, how to talk to people, mm-hmm. how to, how to not come across as demeaning, how to present stuff. Like it's like basic things on how to be a professional, mm-hmm. what to expect and what's expected of you. Um, I think is is so critical into success. And even like just being frank, like having me show up in a t-shirt and jeans and vans and <laughs> having just come from work yeah. is a very different experience. Yeah. And you know, me swearing, mm-hmm. you know, me me using language that's probably not any <laughs> other professor in a Jesuit university um, uses is a different experience for the students. And it's a very real look into how it actually is versus um, the theoretical. So we wanted to teach that. We thought there was value mm-hmm. in it. Um, and through four years, I think we've, we've had, I mean, it's been so rewarding to us. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm pretty sure the students have gotten some value yeah. out of it too, but I know Andrew and I, like uh, we, we so look forward to this class right. every fall semester. It's, it's the highlight of our, of our fall. And we love seeing, um, see where the students see the students develop and see where they end up. So it's been a ton of fun so far. No, yeah, no, that's awesome. Like, glad you're doing that role because I think Cole and I probably agree too. Um, you know, even at Arizona mm-hmm. State, we just both graduated, but they don't have an advertising program, sure. right? So we've kind of had to piecemeal degrees through the the marketing department. Like me wanting to go into account management, I've got I've got my marketing degree and I've got my my management major. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that like I wouldn't have. And my first internship without the education that I got, and it provides a great base, but that practice, I mean, I'm going into my fourth advertising internship this summer and like wow. just that experience that you get is so integral to like preparing you for anything else that you do in your oh, job. Completely. And I think having a class that teaches that and teaches people what to expect in the first year, I think is, I think something probably both Cole and I wish we had too. And so it's, yeah. it's cool. And that's kind of why we do the podcast too, is mm-hmm. to try and bring that to people who don't have that. Definitely. So it's cool to hear that that's going on. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys, you, you, you said that. I mean, inter four internships is insane before you start. I can't believe you, that's even possible. So kudos to you for, uh, you know, <laughs> it's been a busy yeah, two years. For, Cole and I have both been grinding. Yeah, that's, <laughs> What I tell students all the time is there is more information yeah. out now than ever before. I mean, I'm listening to um, yeah. how I built this uh, podcast. That's yep. like yeah. a mm-hmm. masterclass yeah. by entrepreneurism. Like that's crazy that that it exists. Is. And like what you can learn from that um, the first time you listen to it, the second time you listen to it, the third time you listen to it, even one episode that you listen to it four times over a period of two years, you're going to learn something every now. But like that's one tiny little thing. It's like the information's out there. There's books out there, not just on business, but on, on like, you know, the psychology of dealing with people, internship experiences. Like right. there's so much valuable experience out there that's if you just go mm-hmm. out there and you have passion, you know, and drive to get it. Um, it, it's out there for you to get. So it's good to hear you guys doing stuff Absolutely. like that. Even you guys doing a podcast, you know, not just waiting for mm-hmm. it to happen, but going out there and creating that uh, is is just super cool. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's 
I feel like definitely that's uh, that's one of the things that I think ASU kind of taught us, if anything, is if anything, it was oh, almost a blessing yeah. in disguise not having an advertising program a little bit for us because it definitely pushed our initiative. And I don't know if I had mentioned before, but before this, um, when we were in school, we were running an organization called AdWorks that was basically doing that same thing, giving students practical experience in advertising um, by partnering with local agencies in Phoenix. And so, I mean, I think the students growth from that and our own growth um, totally speaks to that helping us, you know, you don't know until you're there. And so it's just so essential. Absolutely. And I think kind of on the same, Mm -hmm. same lens, uh, you know, for students who are looking to enter the industry, we've talked about some, some advice for them and some of your takes, but, you know, I'm curious what kind of advice you would offer for people looking to get into the industry and, you know, you've had such a broad uh, range of experience too. And I'm curious, what's something you've learned, you know, in your career that you wish you knew when you started out that you think would have been helpful to you? Um, there's a couple of things there. I'll start with the um, something that I wish I knew um, when I when I started out. Um, there's a couple things there. Yeah. Uh, how. I may have known this, so I don't know if this is entirely true, but like how okay, important, man. how important resiliency is, um, yeah. in, in stuff, um, mm-hmm. and how important it is to not take everything so fucking seriously. Like I, right. I, I would say those, those two things, like, and you will, I look, advertising people take things way too fucking seriously, like way too seriously, <laughs> yes. way too yeah. it's, it's out of control. It like, mm-hmm. I, and, and I'll, this is like the no, the, the no bullshit part of the, 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 the podcast. It leads yeah. to terrible, dr- terrible drug problems, terrible anxiety problems, ruins marriages and all that stuff. So this is like real shit. Like yeah. it's terrible. So we take ourselves way too fucking mm-hmm. seriously. We stress ourselves and other people out. And it's terrible what we do to ourselves and to, to other people. So I, I would say it's like, understand the value of like, don't take yourself so seriously, understanding the value of a work-life balance. Like yeah. you have to have it. Absolutely, You have to have it. Like your career mm-hmm. will not suffer because of it. You will be a better person because of it. You will be better at your job. You'll be more inspired on a daily day basis if you have the work-life balance. So Put as much dedication to that balance and and it's okay. It's okay to say, I'm taking a vacation, even though we have a lot of work to be doing. I need this time off. Like, you know, if you're a good enough person, you're not gonna take advantage of something. Yeah. But like definitely take advantage more than you think you're mm-hmm. gonna take advantage of it because you need that work-life balance in order to be your 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 perfect self. But resiliency, man, it is like there are some tough times and like being able to fight through things, to have that right set of, uh, that right state of mind, um, to not let things eat you up. It's so critical because it gets super stressful. We're talking about millions of dollars and people's livelihoods and stuff like that. So that's why it gets so stressful. It's like just the, you know, the stakes of what what we're, what we're talking about, but like fight through it, have, I don't know if you got to meditate, if you got to go out for runs, if you've got to like, you know, get a dog and go walk your dog and stuff like that, like have that balance. That's just going to allow you to not internalize things. And, um, you know, that's, that's just critical to success. And, you know, again, like 
being good at your job. Like if you're anxious, you're going to be shit at your job. Yeah. So if you have that balance, you're going to be better. Even if it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, in order to be effective working, you know, these 12 hour days, I've got to take a break from, you know, seven to nine. And then from nine to 12, I'll start working again. If that's what it means, that's what it means. Like, yeah. you know, it's going to make you that much more effective at your job and you've got to be serious. You've got to be serious about that. Like you got to really take it, you know, um, uh, take that, um, you know, uh, don't take that lightly. Um, and the other part of it was like, what advice to students? I think, cause it's different things. It's like, how do you like throughout your career? And then how do you start your career and starting your career? I think it's just like, you know, ask, ask people, ask people for things, talk to people for things. Yeah. Like just talk to people, like mm-hmm. th- throw a wide net, like get out there. Like I, you know, I'm always amazed that like I'll, I'll go and talk at a university or I'll talk to a university and how few people follow up with me. Like nobody follows up with me, like <laughs> yeah. shoots me an email. Like, nobody, nobody does it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not surprised anymore is you'd be surprised at how diligent people are and how uh, proactive with their careers people are. And, you know, I bet if everyone, t- if everyone took the advice of being more proactive then I think maybe this wouldn't work, but like being proactive about your career and just like talking as much as you can and networking as much as you can, um, asking for help, asking for things like the worst somebody can say is no. And if they say no, you were at no anyway, like you didn't lose anything. (laughs) What you did is you lost the odds, Mm -hmm. you know, your odds, you know, uh, you you know, you're, you were at 50%. Now it's just like, just try just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does work, then it did, you know, like, you know, you made it happen. And if you have the mindset of like, I'm going to make it happen, I'm going to figure out a way to do it, something will happen. And, you know, you'd be surprised even for the introverted people out there. I think you'll be surprised at how much you enjoy it. You know, I think like just talking to people and how much like those (laughs) other people enjoy it. Like, you don't get into advertising if you don't like talking to people. Even Mm -hmm. if you're introverted, you still like talking to people. You still like dealing, like interacting. You don't, you're not like a hermit. Mm-hmm. You're just introverted. So like people <laughs> in our industry want to do our, want to work in our industry because they like collaboration. They like creating stuff with other people. So I think you'll be stunned at how much people do like working with it. So when you ask somebody for help, they want to help you as much as you want their help. In fact, I bet you, they want to help you even more than you want their help. So like, don't be afraid to ask for crazy things, you know, don't be afraid to just talk to random people and to think of like, okay, I shot them a LinkedIn. What happens if I shoot them two LinkedIn's? What happens if, you know, I don't know, I shot them a regular email or I, yeah. you know, this, and not to be too stalkery, but like, what if I went mm-hmm. to an ad agency and just said, Hey, I'm here, I'm in town. I would like to talk to a, a, a you know, HR and, and have an informational interview to find out what this agency is about. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if that would work, but what if it did work? You know? Yeah. Like, what are you willing to do in order to mm-hmm. get a job? Like you can, you can sit passively and wait for it to happen or you could go out and try to make it happen. So that's what, I, that's the advice I give is like, don't be afraid of this, this stupid voice in your head that says, well, this is what could go wrong. Like just give it a shot. Give it a shot. If someone says, no, you were at no anyway. So you're not yeah. going to be blackballed from an industry by saying, Hey, here's my resume. And then following up, you know? So yeah. like, 
and, and by the way, always follow up. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, oh, I, I get 200 emails a day. If you emailed me and I didn't respond, it's yeah. probably because I was dealing with other things that day, you know? And if I hate you and didn't want to respond and don't respond the second time, again, that's where, that's where you were at anyway, you know? So yeah. it's not like, it's not like you lose anything by, by, by following mm-hmm. up. You're just improving your, 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 your odds. Yeah. I think that's like, I love that point. Mm-hmm. And um, you're, you're talking about kind of stuff you've learned that you think would be helpful with the resilience. And I was just listening to that thinking like, it's funny because so when I kind of got into this the internship track, like summer going into my junior year of college, and I, I kind of found a mentor that talked to me and she kind of stressed the importance of, of like having like side hustles and passions outside of advertising. I didn't fully understand what she meant, but listening to you and like also going through these internships, getting experience working and watching other people work who are farther in their career. I think it's an important point that you bring up that you can't get your, your passion and your, your love for life solely from your work. Like you should work and do something you enjoy, but if that's the only source of your enjoyment, like you're going to have bad days at work. You need to have other stuff you can go to and leave and, and things outside of work that, that build your life as well and kind of help you have a more holistic kind of, healthier, uh, more, you know, happy life too. So I thought that that was a, yeah, a really good point that you brought up. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's going to be hard. I mean, one of the things that, uh, when I hear people say they would come in and go, Oh, this is my dream agency. And I, I would yeah. like, it, it, like, I, I cringe when I hear that because yeah. only yeah. because not that, you know, the agency I've worked at, I've had a lot of, a lot of fun, but if you go in with expectations of like, I'm going to love my job. I'm going to love every day of it. This is the dream. Nothing will ever match your, your expectations. It could exceed your expectations, but like if you go in with crazy yeah. expectations and mm-hmm. then bad stuff happens, yeah. it, you, you know, it just might kind of spiral you out of control because bad shit will happen. People are rational, are rational. There will be assholes in this business. There are yeah. a lot of assholes in this business. That's just a fact. There are people that you're going to work mm-hmm. on. There may be even people that you work on that, mm-hmm. that lead billion dollar frauds. Like there are bad people <laughs> that you're going to work with. And there's yeah. going to be super stressful days. <laughs> you're going to have a lot of anxiety about stuff. Um, and you're just going to have to get through that. You can't let that throw everything, throw, throw everything off. So it's like, don't go in with expectations that I'm going to love every second of this. I'm going to be inspired every day and all that stuff. Like you can't have those crazy expectations. You need to be able to handle like the shit days. And there are a lot of shit days, um, but there are also a lot of great days. Um, so just having that resilience to know this is a shit day. Tomorrow might not be as shitty of a day as, as, as today is to have that, you know, foresight and to, you know, to, to be able to focus on making things better is really what's going to, um, help you just, you know, be successful in this business. And I mean, and in life. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that in that point to work life balance and side hustles, I feel like it's super important. And like now I feel like that's really what agencies look for more and more often. Yeah. And I mean, we talked to a strategist, um, a couple weeks ago that he had come from, you know, like working in, uh, board games. He was an as producer before, before that and too. then he got hired on as it, an agency yeah. as well. Oh, it's funny. Exactly. And so, you know, it's all about kind of finding those other avenues and exploring those interests, well, I think. And so, yeah, you never uh, know where inspiration is going to come from. I mean, I think like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big sports fan, but I, I, I love professional wrestling. I'm a big wrestling fan. That is WWE. Yeah. But there's a lot of other new um, professional wrestling things. So yeah. even something like that, like, I'll tell you, I learn a lot about character mm-hmm. development by watching wrestling. I learn a lot about 
being having a charismatic presence by watching uh, professional wrestling. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you grow up listening to the rock talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to learn, you're going to learn how to have presence in a room. Yeah. Like it, you just are. So we're like, where are you going to get inspiration from? It's not just in that category. It's other things, you know, when you're running, what inspiration did you have? But like, did you notice something mm-hmm. like, were you able to think a certain way? Did you pick up something from your side hustle? That's a, a good way of, how to market something from a social media perspective. Like you're going to be so much better at your job, you know, by inspiration that you pull from your, your, um, your, in addition to the balance, the inspiration that you pull from there. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally, totally true. And I love, again, your point of like finding inspiration in all of the little things you do. And that's, that's always something I try to do, you know, whether or not I watch a show or read something or think about an article. And it's just, you know, how does that go into the wider context? And what does that tell me about the problem that I'm trying to solve yeah. too? And I think that's super important. And so kind of, I guess to wrap things up a little bit here, I know we kept you a little bit long, but no worries. Um, I talk a lot. We, so. uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's all it's good okay. stuff. We do too. So we're, we're yeah. more than happy to have it. Yeah, exactly. But um, so we were just kind of wondering, is there any media that you've seen recently, whether it be, you know, a movie, book, uh, again, article, podcast that you would sure. recommend uh, for our listeners to check out? Well, in addition to uh, the, the book, Bad Blood, and the, uh, the, uh, the podcast, The Dropout, um, yeah. detailing the uh, yeah. Theranos saga, of course. Of course. Um, uh, also soon to be Hulu. Um, I, I say this as if I have any financial stake in this. I don't get any financial <laughs> stake out of this for the record. Uh-huh. Um, but it, but it was a, it was a fun experience. Um, yeah. in addition to those, I think, yeah, there's so much good stuff from a podcast perspective. It's incredible how uh-huh. many good podcasts there are, but, and there's so many good books as well. So I would say off the top of my head, um, like there's always two books that I, that I recommend um, that I love, 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 love. Uh, one is it's called let my people go surfing. It's by Yvonne Kernard, mm-hmm. the founder of Patagonia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going yeah. to Hawaii next week and I'm going to read it again. Oh, uh, awesome. I read that book, man. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was so inspired. I can't tell you how inspiring that book was to me. And just like how he's chosen to run his business and like how the philosophy in which he lives his life. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's a pessimist. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, 72 and Sunny has a very optimistic culture. Right. I'm not exactly an optimist. I'm more of, <laughs> I say I'm more of a realist. But sure. hearing Yvonne Kernard, uh-huh. just even like his personality, um, I just, man, that book is just so inspiring. Um, so I love that from a, from a business philosophy life standpoint. There's another book called Drive by a guy named Daniel Pink that's about motivations, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to the emotional intelligence which is a 2.0, which is a book, um, just getting to understand how people, what, what are people actually motivated and just understanding people more like books like that are awesome. Mm-hmm. It's about just what, what actually drives people and how people are actually, what people are actually motivated on, not just what you think people are motivated on. Like people aren't actually motivated by titles and salaries. Like, yes, that is motivating, but that's not something that actually drives you from a day to day standpoint. It's going to lead to better performance. Right. So I love those two books. From a podcast mm-hmm. perspective, man, there's so much good stuff. I love how I bu- how I built this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Masters of Scale is another one. I love um, something 99% invisible. It's about like design. There's one about that's 22,000 hertz. That's about sound. 
Like there's so many interesting cool. storytelling podcasts that are, that are out there from like a hardcore business thing. You even have like the Freakonomics thing. You have telling human stories like um, um, This American Life, like The Moth, um, mm, yeah. to, to the more business-oriented ones, like the ones I, I, I mentioned. There's so much good stuff out there. I mean, and then there's TED Talks. Like if there's a business book, there's a TED Talk about it or there's a podcast yeah. about it. So if you don't want to spend, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a week reading something, you can have like a, a, a little bit more digestible 45-minute uh, podcast with somebody. They're, like there's so much out there. And, you know, go for a run and listen to a podcast. Go for a hike and listen to a podcast. Go paddleboarding and listen to a podcast. Drive and listen to a podcast. Uh-huh. Like the information that's out there is I, – I mean I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Like I was listening to the away, a story on – how away got started. I was like, this yeah. is a class. This mm-hmm. is a class. Yeah. And it's yeah. free. It is free for everybody to consume. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I think I think that's the crazy thing now. It's we're almost spoiled for choice in so many ways that there's so much out there. It's kind of hard to find the best it stuff of anything. And so it is. but if you just it's start definitely, if I, you start there, yeah. it'll you'll find the path after that. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's so true. And I, again, I love what you said about motivation. Um, I read this book called The Jigsaw Man pretty recently. It was about kind of a psychologist in London that sort of uh, he has to figure out kind of where uh, who committed a crime just based on the crime scene itself. And it's just so crazy to see all the different things you can pull out of, you know, just examining. I mean, it's yeah, pretty the- gruesome in the thing, but, you know, thinking about human motivation and like, okay, so she was found in this place, you know, did he know her? Did he, you know, had he seen her before, you know, all of these different things. And you can build a profile almost from yeah. that just by, looking at those actions and what motivated them. And I think that's so much of what we do as as advertisers is taking these moments or these insights and thinking, okay, why was someone thinking this way? What caused them to do this? And how can we get them to do it again? So I think think that's the basis of everything that we do. The fact that you know that already is fantastic. You're off to a great start. You're off to like, I mean, that's not even a great start. That's like phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) well awesome yeah it's it's interesting and again it's interesting the things you learn from outside sources again that book even was you know about a guy a detective essentially but it was a true story and just hearing about how he went through that process informed so much in advertising and i i just find making those connections and seeing where things are living in the real world is is no if you're able there's an i mean we're going on a rabbit hole here uh, there's a book called um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Where Creativity Comes From. It's all about like non, non-linear connections. And like that's really where inspiration comes from is if you, if you allow your mind to roam and pull things from, from other places and apply them to something, um, it, that's how the mind actually works. That's how creativity works. Like funnel yeah. stuff in, consume stuff. Like really think about things. Don't just take it in. Really think about stuff. Don't just read the words on a paper. Think about things and what they're, what they're trying to convey. And like you said, like yeah. think about motivations and stuff like that. Don't just look at the presented in- information. And then when you store it, you'll be able to pull from it. Um, and it, it helps in ways that you won't like. You'll go, oh wow, I'm glad I did that. You know, I, I'm glad I had that. Had that. Mm-hmm. It's going to help in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So so true. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I think that pretty much does it for us. Did Trent, did you have anything else um, 
I think honestly, we've yeah, I guess we've been recording up for yeah, almost no, an hour. This has been awesome. Point, um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's it's been great to to talk with you, Mike, and um, just to hear your perspective on so many things and hear about your experience. So thank you again so much for uh, agreeing to sit down with us and chat. That no, was it was a pleasure. Super um, super excited to be a part of this, and uh, love that you guys are so young in your careers yet so ambitious uh, already. So I'm glad to be a uh, have been a part of this. This is awesome. Thank you. Really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks.